Welcome to the West Virginia Writers Podcast, a service of West Virginia Writers Incorporated, the Mountain State's largest all-volunteer nonprofit organization dedicated to writers. Established and incorporated in 1977, West Virginia Writers continues to support writers and writing statewide through program sponsorship, an annual writing contest, and an annual summer writers conference. This podcast is dedicated to promoting the organization, its members, and events, as well as writers throughout Appalachia and beyond. And now, broadcasting from atop a hill in Mercer County, here is your host, El Presidente, Emeritus. Thank you, Gertrude, and hola, listeners. I'm your host, Eric Fritjus, welcoming you back for part two of our Contest Cast 2010. In case you missed part one due to an iTunes download error or mainly just human error, please go back and listen to the first part as it has important things that will make this podcast make more sense. Another good thing would be to have copies of our two contest entry forms on hand for reference purposes, particularly the New Mountain Voices student writing contest, which we'll be detailing in this very episode. Those can be found for download in both PDF and doc formats at our contest webpage, wvwriters.org slash contest.html, as well as our podcast webpage. We now rejoin our contest cast, already in progress. Now, Steve, please give our listeners a little insight into the process you go through as contest coordinator. I'd like people to know just how complicated and how much work is involved with what you do to give them a better appreciation for how important it is to pay attention to the details on their end. Okay. Uh, you know, we don't have a headquarters anywhere or an office. Uh, uh, these are all coming to, to where I live in uh, central West Virginia. So we need uh, as much cooperation on everybody's end as, as possible. Uh, when they get here, open them up look at the uh, entry form, make sure it's all filled out right, and, and check the things I had just mentioned earlier to make sure that everything's caught. Now, when we're not in a rush, uh, more I can't tell how, how many times I called somebody and worked with them to get their application in shape, maybe to resend something or whatever, but as we get closer and closer to the deadline, that's just not possible. Uh, but we get all that together. Now, I look at the entries, and they will have indicated where they want their stories placed. And I have a spreadsheet on every category uh, with name of entrant, title, the county it comes from, and the fee, the $10 rather than a late fee at whatever point they enter. And I give it a number, and that's the key thing. So if it's in the short stories, and you're the first three short stories I see, they go in as SS1, 2, and 3 uh, with the title but without the author's name. That's why we've asked one of the key, big uh, things that sometimes happen on the entry is, don't put your name on your work. Uh, what the judge will see will be your piece of writing, with your, the title you placed, the code number that I've put on it, say short story 2, SS2. And so that judge will end up with a stack of short stories, all with an SS2, one through, let's say, 150, 150 short stories. And as they go through them, and they start to, to winning you their way down to the, to the ones that they think are, that they want to read a little more and, and bring into first, second, third, and the honorable mentions. Then they finally send me the list with just the code name. Uh, SS3 is in first place, SS14 is in second place, so on and so forth. And then I take that back to my spreadsheet and match it up with who you are, who wrote it. And bingo, now I know, uh, who came in second place in the short story competition. So the judge doesn't know who wrote it, and we, we keep everything separate and above board. When all the contest entries are in, 
Uh, we mail, most of our judges, we try to get judges, Terry will talk about the judges later, are from out of state. That's another little, we just want them physically out of the state, so there's no question somebody knew somebody. Um, but we ship the entries to that person. They have a month to go through the entries and uh, find their winners and their honorable mentions. They send them back to us, and we begin the process of notifying uh, winners on the adult level and youth competition, all headed toward our uh, banquet at the annual conference in Ripley in June. This year we've done something a little different with the student end of the contest. For the past few years, in recent memory, we've had basically two categories that students from first grade through 12th grade could enter, and that has been prose and poetry. And this year we, we kind of wanted to put a fresh face on that and do something new to see if we could get more interest in students entering the contest. And we've come up with a thing called the New Mountain Voices Student Writing Contest. And along with this comes kind of a restructure in the way the whole thing works. I am so excited about the New Mountain Voices at the Student Contest. Uh, there's a new look, and we'll get into that. But, but you're right. One of the key things is that for this year... The adult competition entries, and this will be clear on the entry forms when you go to the website, the adult uh, competition entries are coming to me in Salem, West Virginia, and the uh, youth competition are going down to Nadine McKinney in Petonia, West Virginia. Uh, we've split it up. Nadine is a, a, many of you probably know her. She's an award-winning uh, author with the organization, and her, her daughter, uh, Teresa is our, Newsom, is our uh, secretary. So uh, we've got a lot of good West Virginia writing people down there that are now anchoring the youth side of the competition. But let me remember, I, this New Mountain Voices contest, uh, though I'm not going to be seeing the entries, I'm so excited. Uh, this year what we've done is what, what the, the executive committee did. I mean, it was their process, and they just, I think they've come up with a, a wonderful contest. They've given some prompts and guidance uh, to the kids. Um, in the elementary school edition, for example, uh, this is grades one through five, it is write me a, a story, me a spy, write a mystery story in which you are a spy. Uh, another one is fractured fairy tale, write your version of a classic fairy tale or make one up on your own. So there are prompts here, um, and, and we think that this will get the uh, parents involved, the teachers involved, and, of course, the students. And for the whole youth competition, it's so important that adults uh, – the parents, teachers, and students are all uh, on top of this. Middle school, for example, uh, the prompts that we have are poetry, uh, haiku, and you. Write a haiku about your favorite anything, uh, exposing the middle school uh, student to the uh, the style of uh, haiku. Uh, high school educate uh, in the uh, grades 9 through 12, uh, I love this one, poetry, tweeting the bard. Rewrite a famous Shakespearean play in 140 characters or less. Which kind of plays to the whole Twitter phenomenon that's going on these days. Yes, yes. And that's, you know, one of the things that, that the executive committee talked about is, uh, to be honest, the youth competition, we've always feel like is underperformed. We haven't got the, the teachers involved and haven't found that, that traction to get the numbers in there that we kind of thought it deserved. So we decided to do, uh, to rethink it. And to, uh, we were, uh, interested more in participation now than getting that, that high quality student writing. We just want kids to, to know about the organization, to have the fun of entering a contest, to get the skills together to just meet a deadline and to follow directions and to enter a contest. That's a valuable experience. And then, um, you know, we give cash awards and, uh, every year at our, 
annual banquet, uh, it is so much fun to see the kids come to Ripley, uh, get up in front of all these other West Virginia riders and get applause and get their picture taken. And, uh, and now I think with this new, uh, newly themed uh, New Mountain Voices, I think this is a great youth competition uh, this year. So each of our three age group categories, which, you know, we mentioned elementary school, grades 1 through 5, middle school, grades 6 through 8, high school, grades 9 through 12, each of those yeah. have at least four different possibilities, four different prompts that students can choose to, to write from. So it gives everybody a good variety. It does. It does. And I could see that once you got into this, is that you'd say, well, I'm going to enter, uh, I did poetry, I'm going to try this one. And so suddenly a student is... Uh, is entering two or three categories. And and the big news this year, I mean, equal um, is that there is no entry fee. It is free this year. Uh, last year we had a couple dollars here and there for entry. We decided, once again, we're looking more over uh, participation. We want kids to get involved. And so uh, this year there's no entry fee for the youth competition. And that's outstanding. We're looking forward to seeing what kind of material comes in from that. Where can people find these contest entry forms? Well, uh, the best place to find them is at our website, which is... Uh, yep, wvwriters.org. There's a, there's a printable form there that you can print off and uh, mail to us. Um, and then in the West Virginia... I forget what the newsletter is called. Go ahead, Terry. Why don't you do that? The, the one of the contest announcements there, we, we, may add the, we may add a form in the next one. That, it didn't print very well last time. So I see. We're, we're recommending they, they download the form and... Okay. And several are being printed and passed around to different libraries and schools uh, by the group. So, and we always uh, we always send a form to all the schools in the state uh, in a mailing, you know, a, a sample form that they can copy and pass out to their students. That's uh, that's that's coming up. I, I also wanted to add the you know you, you talked about how this uh, change came about. Um, we talked to to people who work on the West Virginia Writing Project, which is done through the schools, and we asked them to work with us. and And you know, they had some concerns, and you know, theirs is free, ours costs money. Uh, and and we listened to them. We listened to them. We listened to the students, and that's that's how this came about. We talked to the Gear Up people. You know, we're just trying to work together, you know, with different organizations and educational groups within the state to give more opportunity to the children. That's all. Now, sometimes one of the questions that comes up uh, from students, especially high school students, is can they enter the adult contest? They certainly can, uh, and we encourage it. It's a good experience. Some folks think they're ready for that, and and that's great, and you know, I, I can see, I mean, there could be many scenarios where an English teacher tells a student that I think, I think you're ready to enter an adult contest. We welcome that. and That would be great if somebody that age one uh, could very easily well happen. How about the, the judges? We mentioned that they are from out of state, and do we have uh, a sneak preview of some of those people that will be judging this year? We can release a few of those names. Uh, yeah, all judges are from out of state. That removes conflict of interest. Uh, a few of them would be the... The humor judge, I'm, I'm really excited to see her come on board. She's uh, a columnist and a stand-up comic and uh, motivational keynote speaker, and and she has judged the Irma Bombeck humor competition a few times, and her name's Leanne Jashaway Bryant. Uh, she's a pretty popular name in, 
the humor circles. Uh, the short story judge is Tim Poland. Tim Tim's book, uh, The Safety of Deeper Water, was just published this year by WVU Press. Tim teaches uh, in, in Virginia. Uh, he's uh, he's a Platinum Award winner with uh, with the Appalachian Heritage Group, and he's coming us from Radford University. Uh, long poetry, uh, Rick Campbell. Rick's a push cart winner and and teaches at A and M University in, in Florida at Tallahassee. Uh, Appalachian theme. Real excited about this one. Uh, West Virginia. She's a friend of West Virginia writers and very popular among our people is uh, Gretchen Moran Laskus. Oh yeah, she was the author of The Miner's Daughter and The Midwife's Tale and was our keynote speaker a couple of years ago. Yes, Gretchen's a good friend of this group. Uh, she was happy to do that. Well, as we wrap things up today, Terry, would you care to give us a State of the Union address as far as West Virginia writers is concerned? Or, or, or maybe give us a sneak preview of some of the big things coming up at the 2010 Summer Conference? We had a, several requests from the authors of children's books and and young adult, and we have quite a lineup again uh, for for these writers. We have a, like a three-way win, and we might even have a children's book editor come in. So look forward to that. We are scheduling a Appalachian authors panel for the Saturday afternoon, and. I'll give you three names of the people that are going to be on the panel uh, so far. Gretchen Moran Laskus, Denise Giardina, and Lee Maynard. Wow. Yeah. And it's and it, we're we're adding to it daily, so it's gonna be it's gonna be quite a panel. A lot of fun and uh and we're working on finishing up the the contracts and this will be released a little earlier this year, the the conference is nearly planned. It's nearly completely planned. When is conference information going to be posted on the site website? Are we still a couple months away? Or I'll have the schedule posted by mid-February, and we'll we'll start taking uh, reservations at that time, and people can pre-register. and uh, And probably first of March, will the uh, the people at Cedar Lakes will start taking uh, reservations for rooms. And we'll, of course, have news on that uh, here on the podcast as we receive it. And would love to have you guys back to talk about the contest a little bit later on in the contest season. As we said, we've got entries being accepted as of four or five days ago, January 2nd. And so they'll be continuing to be accepted through the end of March. We're off to a good start. We have more at this uh, early date than we had last year. Uh, hard to tell what that indicates, but we are off to a good start. I'm anxious to see what... Uh what our youth coordinator, how she's done with her uh, entries. So yeah, it's going to be an exciting year. Well, gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. <laughs> oh, you're good, good to be here. I, I guess I can take off my sport coat and tie now. Yeah. <laughs> this is my virgin podcast, so i got to go be alone for a while. Hey, I have, I have, here's the joke of the day, and you can use this or not. I just, this uh, stand-up comedian for West Virginia writers, and some of you may have heard this, What's large and gray and writes lots and lots of gloomy poetry. T.S. Elephant. <laughs> but I'm both. Okay. And on that note. <laughs> yeah, please, get me out of here. We'll, we'll go away now.
And that wraps things up for the contest cast portion of our show this week. Please do visit our contest website, which is located at wvwriters.org slash contest.html. There you can find the contest entry forms necessary to enter this contest. And then by all means, make swiftly for your creative directory or whatever repository of creative output you may have and select from it only original work that has not previously won our contest. Then submit it to the appropriate category or categories. Or if you have nothing yet to submit, get cracking on it. You have between now and the end of March to come up with something really, really good. That's time enough to even do several drafts of it and really hone it down. Now, as we said in Contest Cast Part 1, you cannot win if you don't enter, and you can't even enter if you've not written anything yet. So get to it! And while West Virginia Writers does distribute contest entry forms throughout our state, you could really help us out by printing off a few yourself, and maybe leaving them in conspicuous places around the town in which you live. Libraries are often good places to put them, as are bookstores and coffee shops and bus stations and strip malls. Even better still would be area schools, particularly if you are a teacher with students. Each year we send out forms to every school in the state, but very often we receive reports from teachers that they never even saw them. So, if you're a teacher, or if you know a teacher, please do share the new Mountain Voices student contest form with them, and be sure to point out that the student contest is free to enter. Give one to a student in your life. There, you have your orders, now make it so. Next week on the podcast, we'll be back with another new episode. As you may have heard last week, we played a rebroadcast of episode 9 of this podcast, which featured an interview with musician Keith Pitzer. Keith passed away on December the 22nd. He and his wife Joan were friends of West Virginia writers, and they'd performed at the 2008 Summer Conference and had been scheduled to provide entertainment for the 2009 Summer Conference until Keith's illness prevented it. I learned of Keith's passing from our show's theme music composer, Pops Walker, who was very good friends with Keith and Joan, and was actually responsible for bringing them into the West Virginia Writers' Fold. Because of their relationship, I thought it would be a good idea to talk to Pops regarding Keith Pitzer, not only about his music and their friendship, but also about Keith as the amazing human being that he was. All you have to do is do a subject search on his name on the Internet, and you're going to find an outpouring of love and affection for Keith from all walks of life. So instead of taking a week off like we normally do, we're coming back next week with a special episode in tribute to Keith Pitzer. In addition to speaking with Pops, we'll also hear outtakes from my interview with Keith from this past June, and we'll also share some of the Pitzer's music so you can hear just what an amazingly talented and skilled man he was. Please do join us next week for the West Virginia Writers Podcast. Our opening voiceover was provided by Marcus Vowell. Our show's theme music is used with permission by its composer, Pops Walker, whose albums can be found alongside those of Keith and Joan Pitzer at cdbaby.com. If you'd like to make comments about the podcast or submit your own recorded live reading for possible broadcast, please email us at wvwpodcast at gmail.com. This podcast is a production of Mr. Herman's Production Company Limited and was recorded at the Mr. Herman Studios atop a hill in Mercer County.